You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck. We've got an interesting episode today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, PlayStation's recent state of play. We're, but first, what we're going to go over is the Pokemon Nintendo General Direct that we had last week. Had a lot of interesting information, a lot of a lot of release date info, and a lot of things that I think most Pokemon fans will be excited about, some may be skeptical about. We all share kind of different opinions on it, so we're going to get into it. Matt, I'm going to start with you, man, because I know the first thing that stuck out to all of us in this Pokemon Direct was the way Pokemon Snap looked. Obviously, that comes out on April 30th, and we're all super excited for that. What were some of your takeaways from uh, what they showed at the Direct? The graphical update compared to uh, what we saw on the N64 was like one of the most noticeable things for me. Um, also, I love the fact that they're using so many different Pokemon from all different generations and not strictly just, you know, being like um, only Gen 1 Pokemon because that just seems to be the focus for here for some time is just the, uh, you know, celebration because we're entering the 25th anniversary of Pokemon and, you know, they got all these games coming out um, and Pokemon Snap is starting us off and I cannot be happier with a revival of one of my favorite N64 games. It's very simple gameplay. It's it's not it's nothing complicated. Anyone can pick it up and play. And you just, you know, take pictures of Pokemon. You uh do different things. Like you can throw like in the original you could throw an apple at them and uh you can make a Pikachu hop on a surfboard, which is really cool. Very like like uh interesting things that you can do to get better pictures everything's based off of a scoreboard so once you get through the area because everything's on rails and you get to the end of the level you uh basically get graded and what i love to see in this new one is it looks like it actually has a story and i'm i'm interested in seeing that because uh pokemon snap on the n64 didn't have much of one you just kind of you know got put in a little pod and, and uh, went through the levels. There wasn't that many levels, so I definitely hope that there's going to be a lot more levels in this game, and it's not just like four levels. And I, I definitely hope, uh, with with there being over 900 Pokemon at this point, I, I, I would hope we could get like a big, decent number. And I know we're probably going to see a lot of people's favorites. Like we'll see Charizard, the Cario, Greninja, you know, the most popular ones that we see. But I definitely hope that the ones that are not as popular still get some time in the spotlight. I know you didn't just disrespect me by not mentioning Eevee there. I mean, I'll let it slide, but I mean, I'm only I'm only a little I'm on, my feelings are only a little hurt by that, but I guess I'll get over it. Kyle, I know that one thing that stuck out to all of us, we all mentioned it was just the visuals of this game, the actual technical aspect of everything. It looked very smooth, very clean. And I think that that's the number one thing people look for in games nowadays is is the frame rate clean? Does the game look good? I know that graphics aren't everything, but tell me, what were some of your thoughts there? Uh, I got to say, yeah, that's um, that's one thing that definitely stuck out to me as well. I, uh, I wasn't terribly excited for this game when it was first announced. And, you know, we all talked about it. And it, I, I planned on getting it and playing it, but I never played the original Pokemon Snap. So I don't really have as much nostalgia, I would say, as Matt does for this game. But... Mm-hmm. That trailer really, really made me excited for this because 
I think that it really showed off how alive the world felt. Like, uh, I specifically remember when um, they were showing the part, I think you were going through the woods and that Butterfree was flying over and there were Pokemon just on the grass, you know, walking around. Like, it, it, you know, you're just looking at this giant landscape of Pokemon just everywhere. And I think it, I think it'll be very different, um, a different experience for me being that I never, you know, I never played the first one and it's kind of a, a slower burn than I guess uh, normal Pokemon games could be. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be very enjoyable because of, like you guys said, how graphically impressive this game looks, you know, especially for, you know, coming out on the switch, we all know that games that come out on Switch are not necessarily pandered towards graphic impressiveness, but the way this game looks, I mean, it, it's got me hyped for it. That trailer definitely, definitely is, uh, it, it did its job. Matt, Kyle and I are both, that makes two of us, you know, we're both relative newcomers to this series, so tell us, it's kind of it's kind of a little throwback to when Animal Crossing came out last year, where mm-hmm. me and Kyle were, I mean, Kyle, I think he's played a couple of them, or he's played one or two of them, I'd never played an Animal Crossing, and you were the veteran that had played it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the same way now, so tell me, what do you think the best part about this game for a newcomer would be? Um, probably just how easy it really is to pick up and play, you know, um, when you pick it up, you could probably just, if it's anything like the original, you can just select a level, go through it. And, you know, with you unlock different items in the original, which can change the courses that you take, which can like change anything that like the Pokemon's interaction with other Pokemon, or, uh, even in the original, uh, you go through a level like the first time and you'll see like one of the legendary birds eggs, like you'll see Moltres. And then once you uh, unlock certain items, you're able to basically knock the egg like into some fire and then Moltres hatches. And it's like that with like many different, uh, uh, elements, especially with the legendaries. And now that there are so many legendaries, I would like to see more, um, more more different ways to interact with Pokemon. Like I want to see Pokemon interact with each other more often. Like uh, in the N64 game, you had like two Charmeleons fighting. If you threw an apple at one of them and they fell into the the, the lava, they'll uh, evolve into Charizard and you can get really good snapshots. But for new people, especially for new Pokemon fans who have just, you know, maybe started getting into the series with Sword and Shield's release, because I know that, you know, a, a lot of po- people who haven't played Pokemon who started me even playing with Pokemon Go who are now big fans of the series um, will be able to get into this game just because of how pick up and play and how easy it is to get into it and just get lost in the world. So I think we can all agree then that new Pokemon Snap and yeah, we have to do it. We do have to throw the word new in there because that's what's in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, we can all agree that I think that was a success. I think that the the showcase definitely did what it needed to do for Pokemon Snap in the sense of like Kyle, I wasn't necessarily thrilled or hyped about this, not in the sense of like Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us Part 2 last year or, unfortunately, Cyberpunk last year. Um, <laughs> I didn't have that level of excitement towards it, but after seeing that, um, I'm certainly excited to try something new. And I, I have the same feeling that I had going into Animal Crossing last year where it's something new, and hopefully, at the end of the day, I got my money's worth out of what I put into it. Hopefully, it's a fun, great game. I'd love for it to be a Game of the Year contender. Will it? Not sure. But that was not the only thing they announced. We also got what many people believed. I think this was already a foregone conclusion that this was going to be announced at some point this year, but it was made official finally. It was on a lot of people's bingo sheets for uh, the big direct a couple weeks, or the big direct before this one. And that was obviously the uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. 
Uh, what were they? Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Was that the name they were given, I believe? Which I don't hate the names. Don't hate the names whatsoever. I, I think the names are cool. Um, obviously, this is very much keeping with tradition. I know um, Game Freak has a history of remaking or just re, you know, kind of, I don't want to say remastering, but kind of upping, upping the uh, original version of games, obviously, with. You know, Alpha Sapphire, Omega Ruby, or if I did that, if I had that backwards, whatever. I know Pokemon fans are going to kill me. Um, obviously, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu came out on the Switch first. They were the first Pokemon games to come out on it. And this is very much keeping with tradition. Now, Matt, I'm going to stick with you. First of all, as someone who has, I've never played Diamond or Pearl. What is it that makes these games some of the best Pokemon games out there? Because I know a lot of people hold these games in high regard. Yeah, I will I will defend Diamond and Pearl as probably one of my all-time favorite Pokemon games in the mainline series just because of how much there is to do. Plus, um it has the most end-game content. It it has like the Battle Frontier. Uh it has so much more to do once you beat the main game, once you beat the Elite 4, whereas a lot of, you know, Pokemon games recently just kind of you uh beat the Elite 4 and then that's just kind of it. There's not much else to do outside of maybe just filling up your Pokédex, but this one actually has uh different stories that you can uh that you can play through uh leading up to catching these like newer legendaries that are uh, available outside of once you become the uh the Pokémon champion. Um on top of that, this game was also from most recent memory the most difficult Pokémon game for me. Um it actually did pro- provide a challenge that a lot of you know I miss in those uh, in these current games because uh, Sword and Shield it, it was easy and uh, Sun and Moon it was it was easy Diamond and Pearl was probably the last time I actually felt intimidated when I was getting close to the end especially the Elite Four I had to actually think outside like, the box and you know actually carry revives and uh, hyper potions and all that with me and i've I've never used any more than i have with the uh, battle with uh, cynthia who is the uh who is the uh shino champion um and as i mentioned before uh this game is probably the longest as for the campaign as well there's a uh, a lot going on it has introduced some of my favorite Pokemon and it gave a lot of fans evolutions to Gen 1 Pokemon and Gen 2 Pokemon. Um, it wasn't so much as, you know, all the new original ideas, but, you know, they they were giving evolutions and they used uh, different tactics to evolve Pokemon. It was probably uh, the, the game that had the most ideas put into it. You know, I'm very... I'm very hit or miss on it right now because I, as a huge Pokemon fan, I mean, I have five EV tattoos, if that tells you anything. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a big Pokemon fan and I love Pokemon, but I think where I got lost in the games was after Sapphire and Ruby, and I'll, I'll say Emerald because it was essentially the same game as those two, just with Rayquaza as the legendary. Um, I think that the one thing that really pulls me in is the starters, and I think Gen 3 starters are far and away the best ones. Um, I think the first three generations of Pokemon, the starters are great for each, but I think Gen 3 has the best ones when you look at uh, Torchic, Mudkip, and Trico, and just what they're able to evolve into. You can't go wrong with, um, with you know, Swampert, Blaziken, or Sceptile as one of your mains. You can't go wrong with any of them. They're all very powerful. And for me, the Gen 4 starters just never really resonated with me. 
you know, Chimchar, Turtwig, Piplup, they never really resonated with me. And that could be an unpopular opinion, but I think that's where it lost me was I just wasn't really drawn in by any of them, especially Turtwig as a grass main that I always picked grass. I picked Grookey and Shield, and Grookey became one of my favorite Pokemon in the whole game because of that. Turtwig is just not really one that I'm a huge fan of. So, Kyle, I know you had some f- certain feelings about this, and <laughs> I, I want to get your take on this. Uh, yes or no, do you think that the, albeit it is tradition, I'll be fair here to both sides, it is tradition, but do you think it may be starting to get a little bit lazy just relying on remaking old Pokemon games? Absolutely. Uh, especially after getting Sword and Shield, uh, you know, I I kind of lost uh, my interest in Pokemon around the DS games because, like, I, I had been playing, you know, since the Game Boy Color. My very first one was Pokemon Crystal, you know, and then I eventually got blue, yellow, red, and then moved on to the Advance and, you know, played all the Game Boy Advance games. And after that, you know, I, I never really had uh, any of the DS games or any of the, the Pokemon games for DS. And so maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just not, you know, not as big of a a Pokemon fan as I was. But I still consider myself a pretty big Pokemon fan in the fact that, you know, I was able to pick up the newest Pokemon game that came out on Switch. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the open, you know, the the open world, very alive feel it had. Just like, you know, we were talking about Pokemon Snap. I love how the environment felt so real, so alive, you know. and it really felt like, you know, something straight out of my childhood, you know, a, a new Pokemon experience. And I don't know, I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan of the top-down gameplay anymore. Um, I think that if they really, really wanted to, you know, show the fans that they, they care, they could have done a full remake. Like, you know, for example... Square Enix did with uh, uh, Final Fantasy. Look at the original Final Fantasy and look at Final Fantasy VII that we got on PS4. Major, major differences. And realistically, I didn't see a whole lot of difference in Diamond and Pearl and the Diamond and Pearl remake other than, you know, updated graphics. And it would have been so cool to have a whole, you know, like a, a new experience like... We got in Sword and Shield. I would have enjoyed having a full 3D character model. I would have enjoyed a big, massive open world, you know, and it, it could have, you know, even still had the same layout as Diamond and Pearl, but just 3D, more more open, I guess, more alive, not so much top down. It, I don't know. I'm just not really a fan of the. I'm not really a fan of the art style in this. It, it you know, a, a, a YouTuber that we like to, you know, mention on here a lot, beat 'em ups. He mentioned that the game looked fan made, and I gotta agree, it really, really does. You know, it, it doesn't look like this game was made by the same people, the same company, published by the same company. I would say that just gave us Sword and Shield. You know, it's, it, I don't know, it, it's just not resonating with me as much, I guess, as some of the other reveals that we got. I'm still I'm still planning on playing it. I'm going to give it a fair chance, but I I guess I'm just not as excited about it, you know, as I was about Sword and Shield or about Pokemon Snap. Which I completely understand, you know. I I, I get that, and I agree with what Beat 'Em Ups had to say in regards to the trailer. Did kind of look a little fan made, and I think Matt, I think you even said that as well. That just if it, 
I think that the best way we can word it, Matt, and tell me if you think this is overkill or if you think that this is right, it really feels like this kind of got like more of the let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu treatment. It kind of just got, you know, turned into, you know, cleaner 3D models. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I think that ultimately, I think these games are going to be fun to play through again. They're going to be a challenge, like you said. Yeah. Um, I just, I have a hard time, like Kyle, kind of getting excited for this. And be clear, again, love Pokemon, love Nintendo. I'm going to give it a fair chance. I'll probably buy the the, the uh, double pack when it, you know, inevitably gets announced. I'll probably buy the double pack, and I'll oh, yeah, I'll yeah. get I'll get stuck playing Pearl because these two want to play Diamond. But <laughs> but <laughs> I'm uh, I guess I'm I'm on more of a like I'm on more of a prove it ground with this game like prove it to me that this is actually as good as people have said and if it does and it and I and I promise I'll be fair with it then I'll be sure to give it its due credit so that's that's where I stand on it I I would love for Pokemon and Game Freak and I would love for all of them and Nintendo I would love for them to just ask for a little bit more effort because yeah. I'm with Kyle in the sense that it does feel a little bit lazy it does feel a little tacked on to their year instead of being a major release. And, you know, it goes back to what me and Kyle talked about last week. It just feels like, again, just kind of an over-reliance on remaking or porting old games. And it's tradition. I get it. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, I'm not saying that it's wrong that they're doing it. It's perfectly fine. I have a problem with the fact that we are going to have to pay $60 for each game. And that's where I kind of get a little frustrated is that we're going to have to pay 60 yeah, I- it's the, it's like the you know yeah it's like the skyward it's like the skyward sword argument too you know like we have to pay sixty dollars for that and that's kind of absurd that we have to pay sixty for that but I mean until Nintendo fans until Nintendo fans make a stand and say we're not gonna buy this and we're not gonna pay this Nintendo's gonna just keep doing it it kind of just is what it is business wise but the direct did not end there it ended with something that we were all kind of waiting to get a look at and it's something that is very very exciting we got our first look at pokemon legends and i think that there's a lot of good things going on here matt we've been a little negative so i'll let you take the positive side here uh what did you like about what we saw from that okay so this game this blew my mind because this is from game freak this is from game freak who has been you know using the same formula for all their pokemon games but now that they're finally, I, I feel like that this is Game Freak's first real console release. Because to me, even Sword and Shield felt like something that could have been done on the 3DS. Obviously, you know, lower res. Um, but it to me, Sword and Shield still felt like a handheld game. But now that the Switch is now also considered a console game, I feel like the Game Freak is finally breaking out of their shell and going into a new concept for something that has been around for 25 years. And when I first saw that reveal trailer, my mind was blown, especially the fact that we just got the Diamond and Pearl remakes, which take place in Chino. And now we are getting Pokemon Legends Arceus, another game. But this takes place in Chino years, years and back because uh, Legends Arceus is from just the name alone. I can tell that the story is probably going to be about the origins of Arceus, who is considered the god Pokemon. You know, he created just about every Pokemon that we know of. And the fact that we are getting a story based on this is exciting, especially when they revealed that gameplay. And we saw, you know, kind of a Breath of the Wild-esque open world. And you saw the trainer kind of wearing some like old feudal Japan type clothing. And 
see again get to see the pokemon out there in the wild it, it's kind of lost its you know wow factor since we've seen it since let's go uh series but it to me it's still so cool to see that and then the fact that uh in the gameplay reveal we saw the uh the trainer like running through the grass even rolling so that's that's news there as well but i mean what video game doesn't have rolling at this point <laughs> and then um what really caught my attention was the fact that you don't even enter a battle right away um it showed uh it showed the trainer throw a pokeball at a pokemon and the pokemon instantly went in and this was all in real time this wasn't a turn-based type of situation where uh you battle and weaken the pokemon and then you catch it and no this was like going all real time which now seeing that i was just like you know maybe we're just so used to seeing pokemon go a certain way it's why we're it's blowing our minds whereas you know a lot of people who are used to playing top tier triple a console titles aren't as mind blown but the fact that we're seeing this with pokemon the fact that we're seeing this with game freak is really making me super excited for this and i like the fact that you know this is going to be a pokemon game that is i believe single player as well uh there's not a lot of information out there right now um but from what i have heard it is going to be a single player potentially i don't believe there will be online uh there will still be turn-based battles uh you know just like we're, we're used to in the games um but there's not a lot of information out for it right now and um I like the fact that they're reusing previous gen Pokemon for the starters, such as you've got Rowlet from Sun and Moon, you've got uh I believe Cyndaquil from uh Johto, and then you've got um what's the other one? Uh Oshawott from uh black and white. So seeing that switched up again to me was really cool, and I'll more than likely end up choosing to suit uh uh Rowlet because he evolves to one of my favorite Pokemon, Decidueye, who's got like this Robin Hood-esque type uh design. And I chose them in my original playthrough of Sun. So, yeah, I am definitely excited for this. I am a little bummed out. It is a 2022 title, but at the same time, I'm like, Game Freak, do not rush this. This is your this is your time to show that you can do something new and that you don't have to rely on the same formula that you have for the past 25 years. Kyle, I know that you mentioned this drew you right back into the direct after Diamond and Pearl kind of lost you a little bit. What were your thoughts on it? some of the same i mean honestly the 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 way that they marketed this was so genius i mean this is something that i know pokemon fans have been asking for i mean it's it's so crazy that we're actually getting this open world where you can like we saw throw a pokeball at a pokemon and and just capture it like that's you know just my childhood is screaming with enjoyment over this game, and I'm so excited that it's it's that new experience I was talking about. Welcome back. Uh, I I am very very excited because this looks so fresh. It looks you know a, a little bit iffy on you know some of the some of the frame rate and the gameplay, but that's okay. It's you know it, it's coming out next year, and they still have a lot of work to do on it. But I think that this game is. This could this could be a game of the year contender if it's done right because it looks just like everything you know we've asked for in just the most realistic Pokemon game. I'm very very excited to see more stuff on this. I think that just the the overall design is is gorgeous. I think that the the open world feel, the the liveliness. I know I've talked about that a lot. I think that that's honestly to me, I think that that's something that's very important in a game like this. 
especially with Pokemon, is to make your world feel alive. And I think that if this isn't just, you know, a wild area expansion, if this is, you know, if you can go through towns and cities and you can, you know, explore different different locations, go into caves and, uh, you know, just, just actually do things that, you know, don't just involve riding your bike through the grass across plains and fields for hours just catching random Pokemon, because I feel like that would definitely get repetitive and boring. I think that, it, you know, if, if they if they build the environments right to where it's, you know, not just copy and paste everywhere. I think that this could be a smash hit. This could be a switch favorite, honestly. I agree this. You said it perfectly, and that's that if this is done right, this could be a game of the year contender. I'm super excited by this, and I'm I'm super excited for us to dive a little bit deeper into the lore of Pokemon. I know that a lot of it is talked about in the movies, the TV show, what have you, but I'm excited for a game to finally dive into that lore a little bit. And I, I know that both of you are as well. I think that ultimately this this could be ultimately this could go down as one of the best Pokemon games ever if it's done correctly. Now. We obviously learned with Cyberpunk that you can't rush things. You can't rush it to market. If it's got to be delayed, delay it. But, again, I feel like there's a lot at stake here, potentially, for Pokemon in terms of bringing in a newer generation, in terms of bringing in new players to the series and to the franchise. And I feel like if you nail this, you could potentially set yourself up for even more success than Pokemon already has had as an IP. So I feel like there's a lot riding on this, and I feel like this could go very, very well. But if it does go wrong, it could go horrifically wrong as well. Now, before we end the show, we also did have a PlayStation State of Play last week that we wanted to talk about. And there were a couple, a lot of what we saw was stuff that we already knew about, but we got some deeper looks at certain games. Kyle, first with you, what really stuck out to you from this State of Play? Um, For me, there were a few games, um, but... Oddworld Soulstorm is one that I've been keeping my eye on ever since it got announced. Um, I have I've had an interest in this. Um, it's it's a side scroller. It looks like a side scroller, a three D side scroller puzzle game. Um, but it it looks it looks very interesting because I've seen a lot of stuff on the older Oddworld games, and I have not had uh, a real chance to dive into them. I've played maybe like three hours of. You know, Oddworld. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to get into this as a newcomer. Um, I, I love trying new games. I'm excited to um, really see because I know this game has a a really cult following behind it. I know Matt is a big fan of uh, the Oddworld series, and I've got a couple other friends who talk about it. But yeah. um, it's not a game that I've heard mentioned a lot. You know, in in I'd say the last decade. I mean, I. I don't know when the last Oddworld game uh, came out, but I think it's interesting to see the series get revived. And I think that if they were to, you know, if they if they were to do a new trilogy, I think it'd be really exciting because it could bring newcomers like myself into the series who didn't get to experience the older games. And you know, I I feel like this is this is one that you should definitely keep your eye on if you're into side-scrolling puzzle games, which I love. I love my puzzle games. Um, I think I think it's definitely one we should be watching. Matt, what about you? What game really grabbed your attention from this state of play? Uh, so there was a game previously announced at one of uh last year's PlayStation events called Kina, and the first thing that uh 
drew attention to me was just uh, the design of the game. It looks beautiful. It looks like a, uh, a, a color um, water art kind of thing and uh, blended in with a uh, you know, running in 1080p, probably 4K. I obviously 4K being on the PlayStation 5. Um, there's not, I don't know much too much about the game itself, but I'm definitely like hooked just by the overall package that we're seeing. Uh, combat looks very simple, um, but I do like uh, the environments, and uh, I'm I'm interested in the story that they've shown so far. But they fortunately they haven't shown a lot. Um, I know the game was originally supposed to release in April, it got delayed to August, unfortunately. But I mean, as we learned with previous games, uh, they need to be delayed if they don't if the uh, you know developers don't feel like it's it's the right time. So I'm I'm excited for that. Um, and I wish I I wish there was more information about the game right now, but hopefully we'll have a state of play in the future that will you know have a deep dive about it. So uh, I'll keep an eye out for that. I am supremely excited for Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach because, oh my God, I think this stole the show. I think this stole the show at the whole state of play because originally we didn't know if this was just going to be another Five Nights at Freddy's where you're stationary and you don't move and you're you're watching electricity again, you're closing doors, watching cameras, and this looks like a fully fleshed out AAA title, and I love the look of it. I love the design style. Looks kind of futuristic. I like that it's. It seems like it's more of this. It's got a. It's got similar style. I, I want to say like We Happy Few. It's very similar to that. I got very vi- similar vibes from that. And it's crazy to think about where Five Nights at Freddy's has come from to be what this looks like. It'll be now. Do we know what the final product is yet? No, we don't. But. Based on what we've seen, this looks like a game that is going to take everything that we know about Five Nights at Freddy's and it's going to flip it on its head, and I'm super excited for that. I mean, the first game was literally a free download where all you did was move a mouse and and click maybe one button, and now it looks like a fully-fledged AAA title, and I am super excited for that. I can't wait to play that when it comes out, but... That is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. For Matt Beck and Kyle Lynch, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.